Hello and welcome to the Unpacked podcast. I am Charlotte Pickles. I am the editor of the Capitalism theme at Unheard and I am joined by, as ever, the fantastic Peter Franklin. Welcome. Hello. Peter obviously writes our Unpacked uh, weekly. Today we are going to focus in on an Unpacked that he did very recently entitled Jeremy Corbyn is Right a post-neoliberal world order is coming, brackets, whatever that means. So let's start off with that question, because you hear the term neoliberalism, neoliberal bandied around rather a lot. Peter, can you explain to us what that actually means? Well, it means whatever you want it to mean. It's not the answer I wanted. (laughs) Well, it's a catch-all, especially on the left, it's a catch-all term of abuse for whatever you don't like about the way the world is run. Um, However, I think there is a better way of describing it, and that is supplied by Oliver Letwin in a piece... Who you used to work for? I did, yes, many, many, many years ago. Um, I helped him with some speeches, um, although he's quite capable of (laughs) writing by himself. Um, And now out of government, um, he's had the opportunity to do that for Standpoint magazine. And yes. And And so what does he call it? Because I love this phrase. Well, he's called it social market liberalism. And why does he call it that? Well, I I think it's actually a pretty good way of describing it because each bit is is, is not a redundant word. It actually describes something that it actually does. Um, Let's start with the markets. You know, it's capitalists. um, And and, and the idea is that it provides growth. Um, And from that growth, you fund... The provision of social goods, education, healthcare, and so forth. Um, that makes it the social bit. So that's why it's a social market. And that brings us to liberalism, which is what is the reason why we're doing all of this? What's the guiding ethical principle? And that is to maximize individual liberty. So there you have social market liberalism, three components. They all kind of work together. And so Jeremy Corbyn gave a speech talking about post-neoliberalism, or I guess what we could therefore substitute neoliberalism for and say post-social market liberalism. Um, Oliver Letwin agrees that it is under threat. Yes. Why does he think that's the case? Well, yes, he thinks it's under threat because of a whole range of reasons, um, not least the um, the shock and the aftershocks of the financial crisis, which is almost ten years ago now. And you use a you use a fantastic uh, kind of analogy in this. Can you of kind of why that has um, resulted in our questioning of the status quo? Well, I compared neoliberalism or social market liberalism to um, a sort of dodgy rogue of a husband who has a number of character flaws, but charming ones. And um, for a long while, they're tolerated. You know, we'll put up with him. But then he does something really bad. He gets completely drunk. He crashes the car into the front of the house. And he's less not charming at that point. Less charming, <laughs> and suddenly those character flaws are not nearly so tolerable. And I think and that's what the crash did. It exposed those flaws in a way that perhaps we hadn't, or cast rather a new light on those flaws, so that we saw them differently. Exactly. And 
Oliver Letwin's argument is that 10 years on, we're now getting to the position that actually <laughs> we might forgive the old rogue um, and see, you know, sort of appreciate him for what he's good at. And similarly, it's time to start making the case for social market liberalism again. Which is, which, is, which is sort of interesting given that he points to certain things he thinks have contributed to our loss of faith in social market liberalism, including things like a democratic deficit, um, the fiscal consolidation, or, or you know, more popularly known as austerity, mm. um, the, the deficit in education and training programmes. And I think it'd be quite difficult to argue that we've really done much about any of those things. Um, so in a sense, he's arguing that we're at a point where we might welcome the rogue husband uh, back into the family yes, and yet we haven't really dealt yes. with why we might have pushed him out in the first place well you know his argument is that as long as he mends his ways then we'll be fine and okay. um, that we'll come round to it again and that all we need to do is explain we need the markets we need the capitalism to pay for public services so it's not it's not social market liberalism, neoliberalism for the sake of us being a capitalist nation, it is for the sake of us being able to have the social infrastructure, the welfare yeah. state that actually we so value. For the sake of being a civilised nation. Exactly. Okay. However, the problem with that argument is that I think it overlooks the fact that the flaws are actually fatal. Okay. And it's all very well saying we need the markets to provide growth. Yep. And, and to share the proceeds of that growth, in Oliver's phrase. The trouble is that there's been a long-term decline in that growth. And, and, and well before the crash. And well before the crash, yeah. yes. And, and in over several Western countries, yes. um, China, etc., still growing quite fast. Yeah. Um, so we've got a real problem there. Um, then it comes to the fact of who's going to do the sharing if the state and the state alone does the sharing, then people feel dependent on the state. They don't feel dependent on the markets. And undermines the freedom argument. It does, yes. Um, so people really need to, see the, need to see the proceeds of growth in their pay packets, in their savings accounts, in, the, the, um, in their equity, in the homes that they yeah. live in. Yeah. But all of those things are either stagnating or they're in outright decline. Yeah. And that will undermine... Um, support for social market liberalism. And one of the things I thought was particularly interesting, um, and, and I guess particularly interesting given the context um, within which we're living, so, you know, with the election of Trump, the kind of various populist movements across Europe, Brexit in the UK, um, actually, it's not just economic drivers for that. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of concern around culture, identity, belonging, the kind of social capital side of things. And, and you think actually that that's just as important factor here. Yes, I think, you know, people feel an emptiness, you know, they don't just need more freedom. I mean, they quite like freedom. But how much can they take? Um, there comes a point at which you're more concerned about the fact that families are breaking up, that communities have no community spirit, that the nation, the nation that you belong to is seemingly sort of no longer interested in you. Um, these, these aren't good things and they weigh on people's minds more heavily than, you know, the sort of 
transactional, you know, support this because it will give you more wealth, more money. So I can I can value my freedom whilst at the same time finding immense value in my family or or as you say in 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 maybe a, a religious community or other type of community. That's right. And what people want from government is not to be told how to achieve those things, but they want some help, they want some support, they want leaders that show as if they're interested in life in all its fullness, not just in money alone, um, even if it's money used to pay for public services. And I think it's that kind of void in social market liberalism that is causing people to turn to movements that do talk about things like belonging. And so unless centrist, moderate people address those issues in a positive way, then that leaves the field open to the populists. The vacuum we've seen. Indeed, and to express them, those desires, in a negative way. So we've got to say what we're for, um, otherwise other people will make hay telling us what they're against. And so, in conclusion, Jeremy Corbyn is indeed right then, uh, as you put in your unpacked, just perhaps not right about the solutions or where yes. we go next. He's so. probing at the right um, questions. Um, the answers suck, but um, <laughs> but there are. But you know, you have to provide alternatives. Fantastic. Um, well, thank you very much, Peter. As always, um, thank you for listening to us. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please do subscribe, and also uh, you can rate. Uh, the podcast as well you can subscribe on your itunes app or wherever it is that you get your podcasts from we look forward to having you as listeners at the next one